even with a cold, my opinions are hotter than ever. <laughs> I talk too much and I love to fight. You guys, it's a cold and flu seasonal spectacular episode of Andy's Girls Classic. I don't know what's happening. I feel like I'm in a fever dream. I have been in bed in the feed. I have slept on my couch twice because I thought it was my bed (laughs) in the last several days. So I'm so glad that um, this return guest is uh, coming aboard the Zoom Kiki for a um, girl in the plastic bubble style episode of Andy's Girls. You guys, I just said it so you know what fucking show you're listening to. Welcome back. And I'm so excited to have a return guest. You know him as writer, producer, co-host of the podcast you might know her from. And of course, OG of the AG. According to my Google Cal for this episode, you can also call him my pediatrician, Dr. (laughs) Damien Bellino. Damien, how are we? I'm here (laughs) virtually. Um, I'm glad to be here. I'm excited to talk about Housewives. I mm. feel um, we're just talking about Housewives, right? I don't watch Southern Charm. Hate to break it to you if that was in the email. I didn't read it. Um, no, but though I highly recommend this season, I have to tell you, it, it sucked me in. It's actually very good. But yes, okay, just Housewives. Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm alive and I'm okay. And I'm grateful for those two pieces of information. And yes. um, But I'm really excited to be here and to to, to get away from it all. Well, I mean, I literally don't know where I am, which is what you want (laughs) to listen to um, when you're expecting some sort of deep dive conversation. I truly have been out of it for like the last I don't I don't know. I thought Saturday was the day the last three days. So I really I couldn't tell you. So thankful I don't have COVID. It is just a classic knock you on your ass style cold. Um, so I woke up this morning to cough, which is what I've been doing the last couple of days. And then I just want to say before we start recording, when it comes to things that are uh, a little bit of an outlet or a, did you? Sorry. Yes, it was candy. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I was about to be serious. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Fly above all the drama. Sweet Christ. Um, I thought that was my phone and it was in fact yours. Um, so I woke up this morning to cough, um, and was hoping to record with you today. So I'm so thankful that you stepped into triage. And I just want to say woke up as many people did to the shocking and horrifying news of what is going on in Israel and want to send, um, my love to anyone who is affected by what appears to be uh, a war taking place and um, would really encourage um, anyone who uh, considers it a moral imperative to talk about um, any kind of injustice or or travesty or anything to really put a keen eye on um, maybe some internal work of like, Am I posting about some things and not others? I don't know. I'm, I really am sick with a cold, so I don't know if anything that I'm saying is making sense, except to say that um, my hope is, um, as someone who is not Israeli but is Jewish, um, 
that in the ways uh, that I have seen friends stand up and, and call attention to horrifying moments in history, that this is one that is not ignored. It is a complicated situation. Um, uh, this is not the place to discuss it. I am not an expert on the Middle East. Um, I'm barely an expert on myself. But um, I just want to say, essentially, at the end of the day, that I am horrified and incredibly upset by today's news. And I hope that people are paying attention. Damien, anything? Uh, no, I feel, I mean, yes, I, anyone who feels is affected by it, anyone and all innocent Israeli and Palestinian folks that are, you know, it's, it's just, it's complicated though. And I don't know enough about it, so I don't feel comfortable really diving into it. But yes, uh, I, I definitely, it's, it's horrific. Yeah. And there's someone who I follow an account. I follow a bunch of accounts because I try to follow uh, accounts as a Jewish person who are uh, Jews of different experiences. And there's an account I follow called Teach and Transform. I'm about to cough. I can feel it from the inside, who is a Korean adoptee, queer Jewish um, content creator. Um, And they posted today and said, if you think that the death of any civilian is justified because of their nationality, ethnicity or government, please unfollow me. Um, So I think that's just really like the end of message. And I feel that for um, uh, everyone and think this is a, you know, um, just a a terrible day for many, many people. And um, it's one of those days that I am so fortunate to wake up in a um, uh, in a bed where I can bitch and moan about having a fucking cold. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. how how fortunate are we? Um, listen, fucking housewives, Jesus Christ, there's so much is happening. I feel like 800 episodes have aired this week. I don't even know what's going on. I that's what you want to hear once again for a deep dive podcast. I just rewatched most of Orange County, which I saw yesterday. I hadn't seen anything until last night. That was like the beginning of when my brain started to like remember what life is. And the first organism that it really wanted to see was uh, the Real Housewives of New York, followed by Orange County, followed by Salt Lake, or Salt Lake followed by Orange County. So there's a lot to talk about. Can we start with the Orange County reunion? Because it's just top of mind. Yeah, let's do it. (sighs) Do you want me to say it, or are you ready to say it yourself? (laughs) <laughs> Wait. <laughs> that was such a like not cruel but like honest way. <laughs> this is the problem of like being friends with someone for so many years because it's like like we do need to talk about Shan, but like I don't <laughs> it's like there's there's a lot okay. Um uh yeah, let's um Ma'am, I, what happened? Ba- like, why? Why can't? Why can't we start with "I'm sorry"? That that was really kind of the through line for me. Of like, Shan, really sweetie, like take a knee. Like, it's just maybe the dress is making that uncomfortable because of the sequins and sweet Christ, whoever designed that look. We need to have a conversation. But I, babe, truly, what the fuck? 
I feel like this, and I was trying to go back to listen to like your most recent episodes to figure out where you were standing on this season of OC and like with Shannon in particular, because like the vibe from the show as it relates to Shannon and all of the women is that like Heather, like I feel like the audience, at least people on who are online are like, wow, Heather, like really going hard at Heather, et cetera, et cetera. The vibe from like the cast is like what you're seeing isn't necessarily what happened. And like Heather is getting a better edit and we are all united against her. What, but like, I just don't understand Shannon in particular. Like she, like, I just don't feel like anybody is viewing Tamara as the person who is like positioned all of the sh- the pieces the way they are. You know, like the way that Tamara, I, they, they showed the package of Tamara and Shannon and I was like, oh, right. You guys literally weren't best friends for quote unquote best friends for six years. She got fired and then you guys weren't friends. And now she's back on the show and you're like eating it all up. Shannon has that tendency in the past to do that though and i feel like it is both in her romantic relationships but also i think in her like best friendships with tamara and vicky where she really like blindly follows people and it doesn't mean that they don't argue it's just like she's really willing to let these people get away with so much and then i feel like well i don't even know what heather dubrow did i don't remember what heather did to shannon that like that they're at the on the outs and the Shannon versus Gina stuff is just so beyond. Just say you're sorry. Like you said it. You said it on camera. You don't remember saying it. You were sort of being flippant. It was a joke, maybe a weird one. But like, just say sorry, girl, and move on. Yeah, the apology with Gina thing is so wild because Shannon's like, I said it on camera. But I believe what Shannon said on camera was like, I don't remember saying it. But if I did did say it, I was sorry. I felt like it was like a, a huge qualifier. And I do think like... In the Emily Post book of how to express an apology to someone you're in a cast with, there is typically a round of apologies that I think is assumed after episodes air, especially if a part of her yes, on-camera dynamic is to deny it that she said it. Right. We saw a flashback of you doing it, so... Yes, you apologized preemptively. Like, if I did it, I guess I'm sorry, but I didn't do it. But then you did it. We saw it. So, like, I actually think it requires a text message of, like, hey, Gina, I just saw the episode. I'm horrified that I did that. I'm so sorry. I can't wait to hug you at the reunion, and I hope you'll accept my apology. And then at the reunion, Gina gets to say, we did talk about it. Shannon apologized. They show the text message. And then Shannon's like, but let me just say here in front of everyone, like, I am very sorry. I was drunk. I don't remember saying it. It was not oh, cool. It was not okay. I love you. You're a great mom. And I love your kids. And their names are Sienna, Bill, and Joe. Boom. Let it go. <laughs> Instead, she like, oh, no, I'm having Sienna. And, uh, 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 uh. and I was like, girl, just say you're sorry. Just say you're sorry. I, I, I'm I, like so conflicted about Shannon right now because part of me thinks like she's got to be put out to pasture. Like she needs <gasps> to take a break. You know, like she just needs to take a break. I know. Like, she needs, I know. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Uh, yeah, I know. She I needs it. to take a break from it. the show because she's just. She, but then the other side of me thinks of like, I think of the the housewives that have given everything, which I feel like is, um, you know, like Countess Teresa and Portia up until she left to get married to that mother man. But like they have all we've seen like crazy. I mean, Teresa's not really crazy evolution, crazy uh life. But I feel like yeah. Countess and Portia crazy evolutions. I feel like Shannon is in that l- same league of like divorce and like body and health stuff and children and 
a new boyfriend and mother-in-law. Like, she's shown every piece of her life, good and bad, and, like, not been afraid to look embarrassing, not afraid to, like, look, like, show the bad parts. She also somehow is, like, not good at the show, even though she's been on it for 10 years, which is fascinating because you, like, she can't even produce stuff well, and but she remains fascinating because she's, like, she's still running away from the camera being like, no! And it's like, you've been on the show for 100 years. Like, you're Tamara and Vicky's best friend. How do you not know how to do the show? But we're so lucky for that because she's good. At, she provides wonderful television because she doesn't know how to do it still. Well, I, I mean, many great points. I do think when it comes to like, she's not good at the show because she's maybe saying things on camera. My guess is that many of them are doing that. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Heather Dubrow has constantly said, I mean, there are allegations of the way that she was maybe a little, her love language was physical touch during that (laughs) $50,000 restaurant takeout dinner, like that she, there were things that were shielded from the audience from seeing that, that Shannon isn't given that protection because a part of Shannon's storyline is becoming undone. So there, there's almost like, I don't want to call it a disrespect, but there's sort of like, for me, a level of expectation that like Shannon's not going to be given <laughs> the same kind of um, afforded maybe the same privileges that other cast members might. Noting that it's a select group, you know, like Heather's not everybody. But yeah, and I also think that like, I guess part of what I mean when I say that part of like not being good at this show, like, yes, everyone else is like, I'm sure everyone at some point has broken the fourth wall and all of those things and maybe hit a cameraman. But like, Heather is so much more calculating and like self-produced and like, She's in like, control. She, she's in, in control. control. And I think that a lot of housewives, the longer they're on, become hyper aware and very produced. And I think we're seeing that on Salt Lake. I think we saw that with like Heather on Salt Lake City after her first season. I think we're seeing it this season with Lisa Barlow on Salt Lake City, where it's like the fame and the recognition and like the fans get to them and then they are much more in control or at least trying to be. And I think that that push and pull can be really fun watching someone try to produce and be bad at it or try to produce and be great at it. Shannon doesn't try to produce and does isn't good at the show. But and I but I don't mean it as an uh, insult. Like, it's great television. It just like I don't know how that's still possible. Like, it's like you're still watching a season one housewife in so many seasons in because she's just still like not in control. But I like that. I like that about her. It's just it is it's she seems like an anomaly in that way. And the thing with Shannon is, like, I really do think she has grown. Like, I think there there are examples. Like, I'm saying that out loud, but I'm also, like, trying to convince myself. But I I agree with myself as I say it out loud. Like, I do think that she has grown, that there are examples of even how she talks, not even, but especially how she talks about her marriage and divorce and, like, where she is now versus where she was then. But there are some core systemic things here that maybe she will analyze and maybe she won't. And I would be curious to see where the show's investment is in that journey. Like, is the show prepared for Shannon to kind of like break open some stuff? I I don't entirely know. I mean, allegedly, according to Vicky, a recent post by Vicky, you know, Trace Amigas is back on tour in November. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. She ended the caption with a martini emoji, which was a choice that she was um, pretty quickly dragged for. Because that's the branding of 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 not only 
the Trace Amigas and sort of Housewives in some way, um, but also specifically the, the, yeah, the three of them and Shannon on the show. Yeah. And, you know, I can't stop thinking about, I listened to, I didn't listen to the whole thing, but I listened to a, did I? I forget. I listened to a part of the like, um, oh my God, Shannon got arrested episode of Two Teas in a Pod. And the thing that really stayed with me was Tamara's like shock at what happened and saying like, you know, I we just had a call like to discuss a show. She didn't tell me anything. And like the shock of not being told and the dot, dot, dot to me was like, Tamara, like, don't you think that says something? I mean, I'm watching the reunion episode where they're talking about how close they are. And it's like, but she said that she said that Shannon didn't tell her. No, that Shannon, Shannon, the DUI and hit and run happened. Shannon was arrested. And then they had a call like the next day or the day after I forget. And Shannon said, you know, I'm kind of going through some things, but didn't make mention of what had taken place, which seemingly, I guess, Tamara found out when everybody else did. Um, but I just think to myself, like, okay, but we're we're saying that this is like a really close relationship and friendship during at least this reunion episode. And it's like, no, there's there's some stuff here that uh, are examples of the fact that maybe Shannon doesn't trust Tamara or doesn't trust that information won't be leaked. Like, I really don't know. I wonder if that I assume that that will be examined on an upcoming season. I assume. May I ask a question that I'm not sure? You may is, not. Episode <laughs> over. I've just done been thinking about this a little bit in relation to, I think, Salt Lake City and New New York. Like, I wonder how many people feel like like they have a real friend on their cast. When I, what I mean by that is, like, I think that Tamara and Vicky and Shannon, like, their branding is that they are three best friends. But I think to your point, like, Tamara not having this information, you know, them not being friends when Tamara got fired. Like, listen, we all have, like, our work bestie that, it, that doesn't necessarily translate to our bestie, like, in real life. It might mean that they're still a friend. It might not mean that they're a friend. It might just be that my best friend at work. But I just, like, I'm sort of curious because I think that there have been instances on Housewives where best friends or close friends or close acquaintances are cast together. But, like... I'm just fascinated by, like, the idea of, like, Shannon hanging out with Tamara and Vicky and, like, being wasted and telling each other secrets. And then, like, they stop filming and they don't talk for, like, a few months because they, you know, like, need a break from work, essentially. It's just, it's just interesting to me. And I'm thinking a lot about it with New York and Salt Lake City because I'm like, New York, I feel like, did not do a, they didn't do, put up any front of, like, Cy and Bryn being like, we've known each other for 10 years and, like, show a picture of them from, like, college, probably because those relationships were not that like long um and i feel like salt lake city with the like the introduction of monica as angie's friend but now it's like angie's like i known her for a day and mary not liking anybody and meredith not liking anybody i'm like who's friends like heather and whitney seem to me like the only people when the show ends will maybe remain some connected because like everybody else just seems like co-workers now sorry i'm not trying to like totally steer this in a different direction i'm just the tamara part of it is just so fascinating to me like who's friends i want to watch some version of friends right well it's both who's friends and how is friendship used because mm-hmm. ask jen and ask tamara are they friends and what was the nature of their friendship and their answers are going to change depending on what the narrative is that they want to present, which is depending on dependent on the ways that they might feel defensive. I mean, I mm-hmm. felt like I was watching a tennis game volley 
of them trying to redefine for each other um, how committed they were as friends and how that foundation was being used as like a weapon of war at times, certainly by Tamara. And on New York, I mean, it is like I can't stop thinking about I don't know why I've used this expression so much recently, but like putting like a square peg in a round circle. It's like putting a square peg in a friendship circle in New York because we're watching like the last scene of the episode is Sai essentially say to Jessel, like, I don't give a shit about you. I so hated that scene. That scene, I watched it a couple times and I was just like sort of, I, I was honestly bewildered, but I was bewildered and also confused because it felt like Sai was saying to Jessel, like, I'm not emotionally expressive. So I guess I'm sorry for that, but I'm going to continue that behavior forever and ever. Amen. It was kind I was I was like this person is being I get that she was 45 minutes late. That is fucking annoying. I get very annoyed when people are very late. But and I'm also someone who has been very late. So I mean, life. But I think that's that's Jessel at the door. She's <laughs> she's exactly on time. But when it came to that dynamic, it's like the whole purpose seemingly of this conversation is for two quote unquote friends to talk. But it was very obvious that Sai did not want to be there and did not give a shit about anything that she said. And when recording her confessional at one, at any period of time in the future was like sort of dragging this woman for sharing her experience and doubling down in a way that made me feel like, well, then what are the stakes here? Like, you're just you're just very obviously playing into Jessel's narrative that this is a this is an episode or sequel to Mean Girls. What I will say that I like about it is because I so deeply. And I, I wouldn't say I started the season this way, but like I so deeply do not like Cy and Aaron. So I think that they both thought they were going to be like that this was their shit and they were running it and they were like the cool girls and they were going to come out on top because like Jessel's delusional, Bryn's a mess, Ubo totally overreacted. And I think that the way that the sofas are split at the reunion, like the seating chart is so interesting because it seems like that is how they are now divided. But it seems like Bryn and Uba have like leaned into the Jessel of it all where I don't even know that they were all totally on board with her um, during the season. And so I'm I'm like was cool with the way that I was behaving because she thought this this woman is absurd and I don't give a fuck. And, like, I'm going to look like a bad bitch because I told her, like, you're fucking late and I'm leaving. It's Friday. I have to go work. And you were late. And I feel like what it looked like was, like, this woman really making – and I get it. She was late. She said she was, she didn't want to compare. And then she followed that up with a comparison. But she was trying to connect with somebody who there you go. Was, was giving her zero. So – and I like and I just felt like that was hard to watch. But also, like, it is pleasing to me that Sai is not – being received like i'm glad because i feel like she thought that like she i feel like she thought she ate that and i was like great everyone hates you from that scene like good answer to it like i just don't understand if you i don't know i guess we're gonna see this week on sunday when they meet because she says in the preview like just like well why did you come and she's like because i felt i was trying to be nice and it's like well we all know what the show is you have to film these scenes so like go and do it but like going and 
doing it and then acting like you don't, I just like I'm not into housewives who act like they don't want to be there you know it's like then then don't do the show well that I mean that is sort of size brand like there is this like the dinner with the husbands I mean I don't know what's quite going on there but it it just felt like okay it's great that you guys like each other I guess that's the that's the kind of walk away lesson that I'm learning from this is that you guys enjoy each other but you just seem so shitty. I don't know. I, I don't know at what point this just becomes the very example of what I assume Jessel will state through the course of through the rest of the season and at the reunion, which is like, you guys are just mean. Yeah. And I think that like that scene I uh, when they were on their trip, when Aaron says to Sai something to the effect of, and I don't know why you're not getting wrapped into any of this. And Sai's like, what did I do? And Aaron's uh, like, you know, like, you're just as much, like, you're just as much of part of this as me. And uh, and Sai's like, maybe because I don't give a fuck. And Aaron's like, yeah, you really don't give a fuck. And I was like, that's not real. Like, not giving a fuck is not a real, like, that's not an emotion. Like, you can be apathetic towards something, but you're not apathetic about being on this show. Like, you cannot care about your coworkers and their problems, but it quite literally is the job description, is to have an opinion and have a feeling about things and to express them in circumstances you maybe wouldn't in other, in your real life. So her, like, brand of being unbothered as a housewife is, like, super irritating to me. And the fact that, like, Aaron is like, yeah, you really don't give a fuck. And I'm like, cool, then you should get fired. Or Jessel so should quit. Or Jess, or Jessel should, or Jessel should come back and talk about the fact that you're that maybe your husband left his first wife for you because you got pregnant, and that will be a great. Then you'll finally be a great like housewife because you'll have to, you'll have stuff that people are going to drag you for, and you'll have to be vulnerable, and also have to be humble, and you'll also have to be engaged with people that again maybe aren't your real friends, but the job is to essentially hang out with people, talk about how you feel, call them out for bad behavior or good behavior and like be held accountable it's just like i'm just yeah sai is a flop for me which is sad because i was really into her initially i mean she's a flop in that like i'm i'm into her continuing i just think yeah i mean a I lot of people too, I, dislike her myself sort of included i would like for her to continue and lean into being maybe a dick a, a mean girl but i yeah i don't know if that will happen in like this new era of housewives because i feel like people are so hyper conscious of being like well-liked and or be like don't want to be problematic i mean i think that when you think of like lisa rinna guys say her name <laughs> don't say her name too many times and she'll appear <laughs> but i feel like you know she was the what was good about lisa rinna is that she was willing to be hated and be a villain and i think kenya moore has lived in that place before i think that bethany when she came back sort of like owned i don't know that she owned being a villain because she always thought she was correct but I think she was hated. So yeah, maybe if Sai embraces that, I'll be into it. There's also the difference between being quote unquote hated by the audience versus the cast. And that's the sort of split that I wonder. I wonder how that is going to impact the reunion, if at all. Like I see on social, you know, Aaron really embracing the like, but I'm best friends with Uba, so everything's okay. So we don't need to like, you know, really deep dive into maybe our fights and stuff. And I could see a version of that playing out on, on the reunion on the reunion with some of these other kind of mismatches, which I would 
I would put Sai and Jessel in that kind of group of like, how is it that you are going to be able to maintain that sense of like bubble of saying and repeating back the things and ways that you felt when that scene was aired, when you were filming your confessionals, knowing that potentially a large number of the audience vehemently disagrees with you and has told you as much and like has applied that to some sort of form of like character assassination, potentially not character assassination, but like reputation review. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. It delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Living in New York City is not easy. Just ask Sonia, trying to sell that house. There are so many mornings where I wake up and think, oh my gosh, I'm having the worst cold of my life. And I realize it's actually from allergies. When my nasal allergies flare up, and that happens when the season changes and the temps get a little warmer than they normally are, I use Astapro, and I'm amazed at how fast I'm back in the game. And that game is looking for Dorinda on the Upper East Side. Astapro always has my back and nose. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Paris is always a good idea, and when I schlep on over to Europe to my favorite city in the world, I bring with me a few important phrases that I have learned from housewives. C'est bon, c'est bon. Chic, c'est la vie. Je m'appelle the Countess. N'est-ce pas, Luanne? <laughs> and while those key phrases are important when speaking to any French bravoholic for other matters of life, that's where Rosetta Stone comes in. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including, of course, French. It features fast language acquisition. It immerses you in so many ways. There's no English translations. So you really learn to speak, to listen, and to think in that language. It's an intuitive process. You pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. J'adore Chris Manzo. Et toi? There's a speech recognition filter which gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's convenient with desktop and app options. And it's an amazing value. Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. A steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. 
That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today. In the words of Meredith Marks, when it comes to that week, week and a half before my period, I wish I was disengaging. My PMS is off the charts. Truly Uber Eats needs to check in and say, it's about that time, isn't it? I know it is. The cravings are crazy. I want to crawl out of my skin. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony and Estro Control, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For AGs who are friends of perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, Happy Mammoth has Hormone Harmony. It's not just a supplement for women going through those stages. It's also become a phenomenon. Women can't stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ANDESGIRLS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code ANDESGIRLS for 15% off today. I'm engaging. I just came back from the salon, and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. (laughs) Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time (laughs) with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Believable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. 
Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash andysgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andysgirls. Sign up today. Do you? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this season of New York. I it feel I like it a lot. Uh, I will be interested to see how it like how they are after seeing themselves on television, like what the next season will be like and how it will change. Like, I assume that it will level up in a good way, but I will just be interested to see like how they are different after being famous and how they will be different after seeing themselves on TV and fan reactions. Um, And if, yeah, what they'll embrace and what they are going to try to course correct. I am slightly worried that there's going to be some version of the Aviva Drescher Accord, which is they're going to show up to the reunion and be like, I was totally wrong. The, her first her first reunion. I was totally wrong. I did everything wrong. I'm so sorry. And let's be friends. And I don't want that. That's not that's not good or interesting to be. And my hope is, is that these people lean in so heavily into like, no, this is who I am. And yeah, if the producers are people smart, d- they, they're right. they're going to make sure that nobody is doing that because it doesn't make them. It doesn't make the show interesting, and it doesn't make no, the characters does look and it doesn't make the characters look consistent because then it's like, well, then who are you? You know, like it's one thing to be like, I'm like be Ramona and apologize, but still be a terrible piece of yeah. poop it's a different thing to um to like sort of just say like everything you saw in this show is not representative of who of who i am because then it's like makes everybody look stupid the audience the people who cast her and herself you know so i don't th- i hope that that won't happen i can't the only people that i feel like that could happen with is aaron and Sai. i feel like everybody else is coming out looking pretty good i mean everyone's obsessed with jenna i I'm 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 okay with it. I'm like I'm not obsessed, but I'm fine with her. And then the other three, I feel like, are at least the internet and like the like pe- the the people that I read and follow are all into the others for different reasons. Can I ask you what um, your reaction or thoughts are on like the Bryn Jenna dynamic? I thought at first it was sort of like fun and and innocent and i and i don't know that it's not innocent now i guess i just think like now i find it to be a little like queer baby and like weird to me that it's like continuing like it wasn't like one isolated like bit it's like continued on and i find brin to be like so incredibly charismatic and attractive and fun i love her but it's like way too much and i just am conf- i think it's i think it was an interesting choice to include it as like an ongoing runner throughout the season and feels a little ick to me. 
What do you think? Well, I don't know how Brynn identifies. Like, I, I, mean, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. She hasn't said I'm a straight person. But I do, as a straight person, I do, there is a sense of like, dot, 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 where because Bryn seems to be such an enormously flirty person, I sort of lean on the like listening to people who are queer who have thoughts on this because Mm -hmm. I don't, I, I sort of like don't know how to feel. And it's like, is this really who Bryn is because according to sort of Jenna's seeming reactions, it appears that it might be, but still it's like a person should potentially be aware of nuance here. And by person, I mean potentially Bryn. I don't know. Yeah, I agree with everything you said, which is rare. Um <laughs> Oh my god! Wow, I'm just the drag, the Uh, drag. But I, I I totally, I totally agree with your sentiment, and I, yeah, I think it's just like the repeatedness of it, the repetition of it. I guess is uh, weird, and yes, I think it would be interesting maybe to know where Bryn. I was gonna say it's not my business, but again, you're on a reality show and you're doing this, so. Uh, yeah, I would be interested to know how maybe how she identifies. Because I think what I, I find annoying about it, beyond it feeling queer baity, is like whenever it comes on, I'm like, little, little, little filler, get out, get this off my TV because it's like fake, it's acting. And maybe that's not true. Maybe there is a real thing, but like growing between them. But I don't think so. I think it's a bit. And so I'm always like, just get this scene over with. Like we're filling up so much real estate of a reality show with like people doing a bit about having a flirtation. But like it's to my knowledge, and maybe because I because Bryn reads is straight, she's talked about relationships with men exclusively. Like it could be that she is queer and that this is a real thing. I don't think it is. So watching it to me, I'm just like, this is like weird to me to take up so much real estate with this not relationship on my screen, you know? It, and it might not be a bit for Bryn. Like, that's the thing is like, it. Right. she really, her way of communicating, I mean, her love language might be just love is love style. Like, I flirt. That is how I express myself. I think that re- sort of regardless, she should be aware of the ways that it could come across. But this is also her first time on reality TV. I assume that it'll be a part of the reunion. I would be curious if Andy has any thoughts on it. I don't know that he will. I don't know. I don't know that he will either. He might lean in. I know. I think he might lean in. I think he's like obsessed with Bryn. I wonder how Jenna feels about it. Like, is Jenna uncomfortable by that kind of attention? It's really hard to know with Jenna because I feel like her whole, like, I'm going to get dragged for this, but I feel like her whole act is like, I don't know what's going on and I'm so awkward. And I think, like, it's hard to know sometimes how she feels because, and I and I th- think that a lot of that is genuine, but I also think, like, Jenna has done a really great job of coming on this show with the most wealth of any of the women, the most fame, the most like quote air quote success. 
but yet she wants and like done a good job of seeming like she doesn't need to be there and, and like getting a lot of goodwill from fans about like how chic her apartment is and how fabulous her life is. And she doesn't even need this show. But like she also like messaged Andy to be on this show and is like, you know, considerably older than most of the women, which is all great. Like that none of that is bad. It's just like then the bit, though, is like, what am I doing? How am I on this? And I'm like, you wanted to be here. You want to be famous. You want to be famous and be in the spotlight and be on this show. So I find the like a little bit of the, like, Ooh, like, I don't know how to be on a girl's trip. Like, I believe her when she says that. But I also think there is this like you signed up for a show. And like, I, I don't know, I, I find I find it fascinating because I like discussing it clearly, but like she has decided she's come in with the most power, but also seems the least powerful in terms of like the 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 medium and how to do it. And I think a little bit that is somewhat of an act to her. I think it's working for her because I think that people are eating it up. But I think that her like not being able to convey how she feels and being seeming like she doesn't want to be there is like working for her where it's not necessarily working for me. It's working for her in terms of, of like, it's like people are, be it's being well received, but I think it's a little bit of an act. So I don't know how she feels about the Brin stuff because I think she's doing a good job of just like being like, oh, wow, Brin could flirt when she's ordering a steak. And it's like, how do you feel about Brin sucking on your finger while you guys are on a boat? Do you think that there's something really like happening here? You know what I mean? Or is this just like, this is my friend Brin and she's really flirty and like, you know, like that's fun. Instead of like having the weird stuff about the like having literal confession time devoted to like, would you sign a prenup if you and Brin got married? It's like, is this real? <laughs> if it's not, stop doing it. Move on. Move on to real stuff. I want real stuff. I am so curious by your thoughts about Jenna. I like Jenna. It's not like I don't like her. I just think she's, I, you know, I, I always root for the underdog. And I think what, I think uh, someone, uh, not Brian Moylan, but someone wrote a piece on Vulture about how Jenna is both like the top dog and the underdog and how that is uh, because she is basically like coming in with the most fame, wealth and money, you know, whatever. But also she has all this goodwill from the audience because she seems like she doesn't like she's not a thirst bucket like the other women in terms of like I want to be here I was an influencer etc and I just don't think that's true because I know we know that she called DM'd Andy to get on the show and I think that also translates like in the group dynamics because she's not really like I think that again we haven't really been told about how the women know each other but I believe that they cast like three groups of different girlfriends that all worked tangentially in fashion and then like picked people off. So I think these women all like knew each other mm. through like other people that didn't make the cast. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like if one of your good friends was on a show that you weren't on, but I was, and I would be like, well, we know each other through Sarah, but right. I've met Prisca once. You know what I mean? We follow each other <laughs> on Instagram, <laughs> but I've met, oh I've God. met Prisca once. We follow each other, but like, we're not yes. friends, but <laughs> You know, we are friendly enough. I would say hi if I saw her. So I just think that Jenna being a part of it, I don't know. I mean, I, power to her for crafting the narrative that she has been able to. I just don't think it's entirely authentic. But I think she's we weird and peculiar. And I like those things about her, too. It's like, I don't disagree with you. I'm just like, huh. Yeah, you don't disagree, but you don't care. Like, it doesn't bug you that she's doing that. No, because I sort of expect that everybody is at a certain point. I mean, you're signing up for a very specific to play a very specific kind of game. This isn't like Squid Game. Yeah, but she's or not playing it's... the same kind of game because she's not because she, her game is to play like she doesn't know what she's doing and like. 
But I don't think that's right. And I know that you're saying this, so it's not like I'm disagreeing with you. I guess I'm sort of disagreeing with an interpretation of what you're saying. You don't like, think that she, you don't think that that's an act that she's like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. You think that she? I don't genuine. think it's a. I don't think that it's. I I still think it's genuine, even if a part of it is like slightly elevated because you're surrounded by cameras. I mean, how could it not be? Like, how could there not be some element of you being ever so slightly outside of yourself because you're in the world of make-believe? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I think everyone does that. How could you not? I mean, I think it's just you. There's a literal camera person and producers and someone with a boom surrounding you like I don't think that a person like that adds on top of it I think some of the questions about maybe some of like Bryn's behavior like it's just how could you not add a little you know cherry on top because you are surrounded by camp you are quite literally filming a show I think that that would elevate anyone's behavior it doesn't mean that there aren't questions that remain or conversation that should be had I just think that for that Jenna's performance, shall we say, quote unquote, being based on like a, huh, isn't this world slightly crazy? I don't know that I wouldn't do the same thing, but I still think it's based in like some sort of genuine disbelief. But I get it that you're saying essentially, arguably, that she's more strategic than people are giving her credit for, which I can absolutely appreciate. And I'm, yes. and I'm saying that without taking away from the fact that like, that I get it. And and she said that. She's talked about in that huge feature in the Times. Like, I think it was, yeah, it had to have been the Times. She was talking about the fact that, like, she came on this show with a mission because she wanted to sell her, you know, beauty brands and that she saw an opportunity and that she was hopeful and focused on the fact that this wouldn't become her everything. But obviously, she was willing to take that kind of gamble. Like, there's something to be said for, like, I'm not just a housewife. I've done so much more. But it's like you're signing up for a show called Housewives. You understand the ways that this brand can become paramount for people regardless of um, their lives, who they're married to, what they've done professionally, whatever it is. Like Housewife for for viewers, for Bravoholics becomes number one. She understood that. And maybe a part of her I don't want to say shtick, but like a part of her thing is like, but this isn't everything because we know, I mean, she dressed Michelle Obama. She was at the Met Gala every year. She was um, one of the most powerful voices in arguably in the culture of of fashion, of retailing fashion. Um, so, yeah, you don't take away from that. But that's also a part of her housewives brand. You know, it then becomes this other thing because now it's colored by housewives. Now it's like you are the person that people assumed would never join housewives and now you are a housewife. Like it's all within it's like this um stained glass window. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like you're still looking through it, but it's it's a totally different color because of the very fact that you did sign up for this. So sure a part of her brand could be like, but this isn't me and I'm like the non-housewife housewife and it's worked very well. I'm very mm-hmm. into her being on housewives. I'm extremely into her being on housewives. And yeah, could could some of that be strategic? 100% absolutely. It, it would be ridiculous if it wasn't. She's gotten and and become so successful because you know, she's very good at at a lot of what she has done. Period. 
continuing on through the perspective of all things friendship and housewives, I mean, I sort of can't get over the fact that Meredith and Lisa are like, and we're friends again. And everything is fine. I mean, if this if this truly if this episode truly is about the framework of of housewives friendships and the often performative nature of it, I mean, they just like snap back. I, I'm not against it. I'm like very into it, but I'm also like, okay, <laughs> like, are we all we're all watching the same thing, right? Which is that like these two women who seemingly have hated each other for seasons are now tight again. I, I I enjoy it. I'm not I'm not disliking it. It's just it's wild. Time flies. There's no way it will last. It is so fake. Um, And it's like they seem to me they seem to be people that were real friends prior to the show. So I feel like they will never be those types of friends. And I mean, Lisa called her, you know, quote unquote, best friend, a garbage whore who fucked half of New York City. So I don't know how you get past that. But I guess you get past it to continue the show. But yeah, it is. I'm also fascinated by it. Like, I'm not mad at it either because it's like I don't want people to not film with each other or like not talk in scenes and engage. But also like, wow, OK, you guys are just now friends again. Cool. Lisa Barlow. I think this I think that they knew Salt Lake City, whatever last season was three was flop. And they were like, we need to bring levity to this. Let's bring Mary back. She said problematic things in the past. She doesn't like to engage with the other women, but like we could literally just put a camera on her and she lives in her own planet and it's funny and we need more fun on this season. So, okay, succeed. Success thus far because I've laughed a lot this season. But Lisa Barlow in particular, I think is having it for me an interesting season because like I sort of was like a slow burn under Lisa Barlow. thought Mm -hmm. she was so... So he came in season two, especially really hot in terms of, I thought, like trying to produce and I thought really battle Heather for like who's fan favorite, who's the most has the most power in this group um, in terms of the show. But I feel like all and I love then I was on board and I loved her. We interviewed her for a live show of live Andy's girls, which was so fun. I love when you do live shows. And then when and she talked about Vita Tequila. Stay tuned for lo- the end of this episode. Thank you so much, Damian. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I love I love John. I think he's sexy, but I think that the fan stuff got to Lisa a little bit too much because now she's just a little bit like whatever Monica, everybody's like I'm fabulous and it's like, well, like listen, I understand both sides of that their argument and it's stupid and I'm interested in it because it's stupid and it's housewives, but also I like would like I feel like Lisa's a little bit like not based in reality anymore maybe she never was but like the fact that she's always just like I love that for me in like real scenes with real humans I'm like okay well like I need you to actually like have a conversation um I'm excited I don't want to say excited because I feel like that's the wrong word like I will I'm intrigued to see where things go between her and Heather I'm actually really interested in her talking about being a Mormon which I think is fascinating because we really don't talk about it we talk about um Meredith I'm sorry Whitney and Heather and I and also Monica who all have like left the church in some way but we don't ever talk about the fact that Lisa literally converted to be a Mormon so I'm excited for 
again, not maybe not the right word, but I'm intrigued by her son going on this mission and how that's going, like what that's going to, because she's going to have to be real about that. She's not going to be able to be like, it's rude that my son's going on a mission. I hate that for me. Like she's going to have to actually have real emotion, be vulnerable. And if she's challenged about her faith, we're going to have to see what her real convictions are. And I thought like, I saw someone online posit, maybe Pet Shop Boy, like posit that her like not wanting to wear drag makeup was maybe because she like doesn't agree with certain like things same way that mary didn't go into the gay bar and like went to mcdonald's to get a mcfish that like i don't see that really someone had just posited like that the that possibly the women who didn't engage with like the drag bar the drag stuff or the gay bar it's because of their like their belief system, which I have no idea, but I thought it was an interesting thing. And again, I'm just interested to see Lisa talk about real stuff in a real way rather than it always just either being like arguments or her sort of talking in like memeable language now, I think. Oh, yeah. No, I think that that had everything to do with the fact that she had paid $2,500 plus travel for a member of her glam and did and felt like she humiliated and embarrassed herself by showing up to a five star dinner in a bathing suit and was unwilling to do that again. That like there are certain things that she like the fact that she talks about having a makeup person on retainer so that she can go to the grocery store, which is wild to me. I think that is, in essence, Lisa, potentially. I don't think it had anything to do. No, I think she's... I, I don't see it. But I, I, I agree to disagree. I just... I don't see that at all. I think it had everything We don't to know do with, anything like, about that- her belief system and how she feels about certain things such as... I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like it seems wild to me because the Housewives has such crazy gay followings that they would have issues with gay, gay fans community. or gay or the gay community rather but i don't we have we don't know we don't really and i agree that it had something to do with her makeup but also like i was not interested in that that was stupid to me like i'm not again when housewives are starting to travel with glam and like refusing to do things without glam i'm i am less interested in them not being able to like i was i want to watch i loved watching monica like I'm into Monica and I was into her like looking like a drowned rat in like a Trixie wig screaming in Portuguese at Lisa. And then Lisa looked like Lisa in the scene. And I was like, it's funny. Like we think about how many iconic scenes there are where people are in weird costumes, like drunk and fighting. Like that is why we watch reality TV. So I just, again, she going back to the, our original conversation, closing the loop or circling back to it with like <laughs> Shan- the, the lack of control that Shannon seems to have as mm-hmm. a housewife in all these years and how and in comparison to like Tamara and Heather, I think like Lisa is so, uh, so hyper controlled. And I feel like that and like trying to produce like this is going to be a meme. I can put this on a shirt. How do I mention Vita? Let me say something that's like really funny. So I get to, this turned into a gif. But like I want to need her to be a little bit more. I need her to pull it in a little bit more. Well, I think the whole point of Lisa Barlow is that she absolutely does not. And she's also playing the game of quantity over quality with like, I'm just going to parrot whatever Angie K says, and that's going to work for my alliance versus like, sweetie, you're with Angie K. Like, this is this is the clown show. Like, this isn't gonna. It's just so wild to see what the do you two mean of them. She, what, do you, what do you mean when you say she's going to parrot everything Angie K says? Like when they're having that argument at the whatever Vita tequila get along friend circle ice machine spectacular yada yada um presented by frozen when she's when they're just sort of like yelling at people like they're teaming up like this is the lisa barlow and angie k sort of versus the universe kind of dynamic which i I don't don't even remember them arguing they were arguing 
Yeah, like when they were like yelling at people um, at the tail end of the episode, when it was like became this kind of like, unless again, this could be a fever dream. I truly Wait, I thought have... that they were talking about, didn't they reveal the rumor to Angie K at the end? And, um, Whitney and Monica, wasn't that how this week's episode ended? Or am I an episode behind? There was an argument that took place that involved Lisa Barlow and Angie and- K teaming up on each other side when they were yelling at Monica was a part of it and somebody else was there they, they sort of I think like it was, the, was the, it the materialistic fight about like we're all materialistic and Monica was like nah this is from Zara <laughs> something I don't remember if it was a, there was a crepe that was sacrificed that then oh okay yes 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 Monica yes, 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 needed yes, yes, yes. to get a second up and then Mary was like wow look at you having crepes like it was just <laughs> woman have you heard of a vegetable sweetie vegetables weren't served at this meal it doesn't mean she's never seen broccoli it just means oh there's no God. such thing as a broccoli crepe mary telling heather that the like why did you wear that necklace and being and heather being like i love it and she was like you got it wrong <laughs> like honestly makes me laugh so hard like i know she's a problem but she's so funny it feels like this season i so i honestly still am in disbelief about how to me, honestly enjoyable this season is. It feels like a Fantasia. Like, I feel like I'm seeing just an absolute epic dance that I could not have predicted would ever, ever exist, especially not after last season, which I thought was a nightmare horror show. Like, to go from American Horror Story to literally Disney Fantasia, I did not know this was possible. It's so wild. It is so wild. It's it's a fun season thus far, like, for, for the most part. What I also think is interesting is, like, I want to know what conversations were had before they started filming about like what kind of se- I feel like there has to be some sort of conversation about like we want the season to be more fun and light like bring XYZ like bring this energy plan fun things it, we're gonna make it more fun last season was too dark with all the gen stuff and then they were like and Mary's coming back and she's weird and doesn't want to hang out with any of you guys but we need her for the show to be funnier and they were like got it so like when Mary Angie's like Mary come sit with us and Mary's like don't talk to me like that I don't like it and all of the women are just like okay Mary like nobody's like Mary what the fuck are you here they're just like no problem Mary just let me know if you change your mind she'll be like she's so rude and they're just like got it Mary no problem love you girl <laughs> Whitney's the also did we ever like are we going to get back into Whitney calling Mary and her husband pornography slash predators no like we haven't I gotten back there is it is that like was that like a dang they were just drunk and it was a dangling thread that's not we're not going to come back to 100 percent. i i my guess is that like anything that comes close to any kind of like financially predatory behavior or anything else i think they're going to lightly dance on and not circle back to because as you said i think production is like we want to use mary sparingly because if we use her more there are going to be more questions asked not only of mary but also of us and they don't want that to take place so mary comes in expresses confusion and horror and honesty deep deep truths and then we experience those and keep it moving so yes she doesn't want to participate she seems like she doesn't quite understand what's going on most of the time yet two things that she did at the trixie motel that i were like was like what one monica's like i got excommunicated from the church because I was having an affair with my brother-in-law and Mary was like cheers to that and I was like okay that was great comic timing good job and then the other thing is like Whitney and Meredith were saying something and um 
Mary was like, well, Whitney, why did you bring Angie? And I was like, like, and then, and then later said something to Whitney, like you made Meredith, like you kicked Meredith while she was down. Like you brought Angie. And I was like, so she knows how to do the show. Cause she's moving story. She's asking actual, but then like literally a scene later, she will be like, Ooh, why am I here? I got my nails done. Nose pickers. And like, then walks out of the scene. I don't know. I know she's a problem, but I just like can't get enough. She's just so weird. I think it's less about her knowing how to do the show and more about like asking questions that most people in a scene would want answered but are too afraid to ask. Yeah, maybe you're right. She's like fearless because she's uh has that like reckless abandon because she lives in Mars. So like she's able to just like do whatever. And I think that she's not afraid to be like, I don't want to do this. I'm gonna get me McDonald's. And they're like, okay, man. The production's like, no problem, we need you because you're the levity of the show. I mean, when that producer was like, check the bag, <laughs> like make sure everything was inside, I felt him in that moment. He oh. was like, please, please, we cannot do this again. Um, so you mentioned that you're into Monica. I find that really interesting. I genuinely do. I'm like, I I genuinely find that fascinating. Okay, I'm not sure the undertones of this, but but elaborate for me. You're not into her. It's not that I'm not into her. I just think the ways that Monica constantly raises up Jen as some sort of way to like use that to target other people, I think interesting. Like she's she's disassociated from Jen in, in the sense that like Jen is a felon, but not in terms of like information that she might have gained because of her relationship with Jen or things that she discovered while she was working or volunteering. Well, she can't erase her past with Jen, even if she doesn't support who she like is and became, etc. Right. But I also feel like she did go to the Jennifer Shaw learning annex. And I think that there are things that she picked up from Jen that she is uh, using effectively that are a little bit of like another a, a little bit of someone whose mentor was Jen. Like she's not disconnecting from Jen's behavior. She's seemingly disconnecting understandably so from jen's crimes what what i'm saying like no i don't see like can you draw a parallel between her behavior and the way that jen shaw behaved being manipulative and being i i i see some like that's manipulative i can't even think of like what she's done really aside from the the little she's been a little i think she's been a little shady with what she's said to people i don't i i it's not like i'm saying like she's bad casting i just think that like i can see some gen energy from her and i just think that's that's interesting like to the idea that maybe the cast thought they were done with jen but there is a little bit of a shadow that remains. But I think that it was great cast. I mean, they they cast her for a reason because she was connected to Jen and had some sort of dotted line to the women because of that, whether they had met her before in some capacity or just knew of her. Um, So that the show made that decision, but I don't thus far, and I'm not, I could eat my words. Like I, I don't think, I just don't see any evidence thus far of her behavior. Like Jen Shaw was so reactive, was so manipulative. And we got that right from the jump. She also had, um, an insane, I don't want to use that word. Not that we're going to edit it out, but like, it's not the right word. Um, but she had a very, like the way she saw herself, like she had a very inflated sense of self and a huge ego. And I don't get any of those, like out those huge character traits that I think are so like defining of who Jen Shah is from Monica. I think like Mon, if anything, Monica has just like gone a little too hard too soon in terms of like, 
telling Angie that Angie was going too hard at Meredith instead of just like letting them fight their fight and being like, I'm your friend. We know that doesn't really mean anything. But also like housewives need to have conflict and right. argue. So like just stepping in and being like, stop it, Angie. Not her business. That's disgusting. I was like, okay, Monica, like too much too soon. But I was into her calling out Lisa Barlow about the ring thing. Whether I understood both sides or not, like, yes, Housewives is about like like luxury and people think that Lisa Barlow is bananas and it's funny that she doesn't live in the real world and like would be. But also it was I'm sure it would be annoying and also was funny to call it out and watch Lisa unravel around it. So but like none of that to me felt like Jen Shaw could not come into any situation like that at that like at whatever like level Monica was at. She was at like a six. And I feel like Jen Shaw approached every conversation at a 12, but was also being manipulative underneath that, too. Totally. And I'm not saying she is, like, you know, the level of, frankly, evil (laughs) that I would put Jen at in any way. I'm just saying, like, there are some echoes of behavior that I find sort of reminiscent. In no Mm. way genuinely equalizing the two, because God help us if that's even possible. Then we're in for a wild ride, not even with Monica, but truly with anyone else who exists in the universe. I do also just have to say that there were two moments from Salt Lake City that made me laugh so hard. One was, I think Lisa Barlow saying, we have different interests and my interests are more expensive than yours. I laughed so hard. I It was so rude. And also Whitney, sweet Whitney saying when it came to like Meredith having (laughs) to get other hobbies, she said, go to yoga, collect trinkets and bird bird watch, which was so funny. I like lost my mind over that. Also, the end of the episode with the Angie K husband stuff, I thought we were past the point of talking about or speculating about a housewife husband's sexuality in yeah. this way it felt very old and tired i i i don't i don't think that's what meredith was mentioning i think that maybe that's something else i i would be really shocked if meredith marks was going down that route well i guess we're going to find out um i thought when angie said i I don't know what to make of Angie K, but I agree. Like it just feels like a tired trope, and I feel like it's happened like on every franchise at this point, um, like multiple times. But what Angie said on Watch What Happens Live was something to the effect of like we had never heard those rumors before because Andy was like it seemed like it was an, like a well like an, a well known rumor, and she was like no, and then she was like well not the infidelity. When Andy was like well it seemed like everyone knew, and she was like well not the infidelity part like that is not a rumor that had been around because it's not true, and like she was like but you know like we live in Salt Lake City and he's a hairdresser, so like times have changed over the years, but people maybe would have said that you know 12, 13, 15 years ago. Yeah, I'm assuming that the rumor that Meredith was actually discussing had something to do with this other thing of like maybe they're in cahoots with the yeah the money laundering or some sort of like mafia connection. That's what I'm assuming Meredith was attempting to get to, and then. I love that you're giving Meredith Marks so much grace here as if she has, like, they did a flashback of her starting, like, seven rumors. Rumors. <laughs> I just don't see it. I just don't. I genuinely think Meredith 
is an ally and and noting her relationship with Brooks, I don't see Meredith going down that path. I really don't. I, I just don't. I, I think it's, um, God forbid I say beneath her, noting some of the other things that she's discussed about, you know, Lisa and basketball games and what are you going to do to get better seats or whatever. Like, I don't, I, I just don't see it. I just don't see this specific trope being the one that Meredith leans into wanting to spread to other members of the cast. Um, but how fun for Angie that now it's like potentially, oh, no, it wasn't this thing that we were talking about uh, on last week's episode. It's this other thing yeah, that, that you're you going like, to need to tackle. The, the Greek mob, like you guys have money. I that house is so odd. And also, I think their daughter's bedroom is like connected to the kitchen because then oh. does it not have a door like when she was doing the thing with like you saw like the horse trophies and stuff from like equestrian whatever and she was like telling her kids to like go to sleep or whatever I didn't see a door and I thought I saw the like entryway to the kitchen I like need to get a tour of Angie K's house but also I really don't need any time spent on Angie K because a little Angie goes a long way and my god yeah, like, what, what do you think of her as a full-time housewife and like in general this collection of women like oh i think she's a total joke i think she should stay in this for however long i think she's like literally a clown i think it's hilarious that she's full-time i don't think she was made for this world or maybe she was made uh, specifically especially for this world i think she is a literal joke um maybe i stand what do you think about monica and mary's uh, as additions back well i don't think of mary as and I mean, I think of Mary as like a friend of they're not I don't think that they're positioning her to return full time. I think that this is it's just interesting. And like, I think Miami has so many friends of and I feel like aside like Kiki maybe is a true friend of but I feel like Marisol and Ardrana are just don't have the title but are housewives. You know what I mean? Right. I don't put I don't put Mary in that role. Okay. Okay. I think Marisol and Adriana Adriana are in the perfect spot and they are not full time and they're doing the literal Lord's work and it works perfectly and effectively and very successfully. I don't think anyone could or or maybe they could. God bless. But I don't I wouldn't compare Mary's performance in that. Uh, I, I don't I think know. Barry to is me, so she is different. doing a lot this season. She really has. She's really. She pump, might be pump. doing a lot, but she's not. I don't look at her and say like she's back to being full time again. Like that's not the energy I'm getting from this. I'm getting like these wild cameos where she <laughs> does stuff that's like so out there that it's it's just the season is like it's so. I just honestly spend like the entire episode just laughing. It's just so. It's like genuinely. It's almost zany. Like, I don't... It's yeah. just a, a chaotic, I don't know, celebration or something. I don't think celebration is the right word. It's like, a, it, it feels slightly Looney Tunes. Like, it's just so... It feels like maybe a soap opera mixed with Cirque du... Not Cirque du Soleil. Mixed with, like, a circus. Like, it's definitely not Cirque du Soleil. Like, it's, it's just so much different energy that I don't know that we could see anywhere else. Maybe New Jersey, not that New Jersey is going to really feel uh, that kind of light maybe for a while, but just in terms of like things going so left, it's just, I, I don't know what to expect every week, which is kind of a miracle. It's like the the different kind of temperatures that we have right now with Housewives are 
so fascinating to me. Like New York with totally new people who we haven't been introduced to before in this universe. Salt Lake City, a completely different universe than last season. Orange County giving me exactly what I need. Is the reunion spectacular? No. Does it need to be? Honestly, no. Just like it's just, again, cherry on the top, like done and done. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I I feel like what else nice about OC, I think Jen was a good casting choice. Oh, so good. And I think that, you know, it's like we we get, we complain, we they get rid of, we complain, they come back, we complain. <laughs> Tamara is doing. It's just like she doesn't. I, she works so hard, and I appreciate it because she's like she's a good house. So she invented what it is to do the thing truly, but it is exhausting. She like doesn't ever slow down. But I was gonna say what I was originally gonna say is that Emily and Gina I think have really like risen like into their full formation, especially Emily. Like especially Emily. They're. Like, I felt like I remember one of the bits was like how Gina has no iconic housewives moments. And then I was thinking about her at this reunion being like, my children, my children. And I was like, well, finally, she got herself an iconic line. Um, But I, yeah, I I really like both of them. And I hope that. Yeah, I think that the season has been really enjoyable. And I hope that Heather Dubrow doesn't quit. I feel like they're like teasing that she's going to like quit because she's moving to Beverly Hills. And I don't want her to quit. Do you think that she will? Honestly, do you honestly think that she will? Well, I don't know. But I heard I saw some like some that wear that the prompt for the out the clothes was neon and then she wore black. And then Andy said that thing at the beginning of like, oh, black to the beach or whatever. And she was like, isn't it fitting? And I was like, oh, I hope this isn't like your like funeral of the of your job like that you're not like telling us you're gonna quit in part two because like i feel like it could happen and i don't want it to because i like she's a she is a good foil to tamra and i prefer hating tamra than tam like and and liking heather than heather not being there and tamra just like stirring shit with like who gina and jen like i like tamra fucking with heather and i like heather being able to eviscerate people with her words so i don't know i don't want her to leave Yeah. And also, if you're doing a cost benefit analysis of Heather's value, like she means so much more for Orange County than she would for Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills does not need her as much as potentially she might need it in the universe of like, where could she exist if not Orange County? But Orange County needs her so much more than Beverly Hills likely would. I I really do think so. Like her the value that she would I don't I don't know that it's a question of like here or there unless she literally says I don't want to be on Orange County anymore there is another option that exists and then maybe it's a question of like keeping Heather in this world of housewives or or you know putting her once again on pause which yeah. I don't want to I don't want to I don't want that to happen I, I don't need, want her to leave I don't want her to leave OC she needs to stay in Orange County she's just a different energy in OC whereas in Beverly and it's like she's not the same energy as Beverly Hills either but like I don't know she was she, is she gonna eviscerate Kyle with her words I would live for it I just don't imagine it I imagine her like befriending Kyle and then them being buddies and I would be annoyed because I'd be like great now now Kyle will hide behind Heather as the new LVP like I don't want to watch that 100% do not see her going up against Kyle. I like literally 100% don't see that happening. So and now we have so many great things happening now, as you said, like the, the all the different shows. And then we have so many new coming. We have Potomac, Beverly Hills and Married to Medicine are all on the queue or whatever. That it's, they're all in the docket. So <laughs> the queue. And then I started thinking about the subway. I was like, are they on the train? Are they heading to my apartment? 
Speaking of, there is a Patreon episode up now, Patreon coming attractions, because you know the thing that I love to do more than anything is a live reaction to Housewives and Bravo trailers. So if you want to get my live reaction to the Beverly Hills trailer, the Miami trailer, and Married to Medicine, you can listen to that now at the AG Patreon. Number one way to support the pod. You get those exclusive bonus episodes and so much more at patreon.com slash Girls. And if you are a Patreon supporter and shout out to all of you Patreon AGs, Check your messages on Patreon for a discount code to an event I am announcing now, (laughs) which is an upcoming live show that I will be doing with friend of the pod, Ryan Bailey, as we break down all things Beverly Hills premiere. It is going to be a moment with moment um, where we deep dive the Beverly Hills first episode and so much more. It's interactive. One of my favorite parts about doing this event was being a part of the Housewives chat. It's a great opportunity for AGs to really sass to the heavens above. It's so much fun. And also, I do have a goal (laughs) to reach. So this is the way if you want that BravoCon coverage, this is the way to support it. I have a literal goal. Um, So I'm so hopeful um, and would really appreciate your support with that live event, which you're only going to be able to watch exclusively through this Andy's Girls live moment. And of course, if you are not able to join us live, did I mention that it's live Thursday, October 26th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. If you are unable to join us live, don't you worry because you have a full week to watch the show. And it's so much fun. And you know, this is an audio only podcast. I don't do video. So because it's just so much work. So like to do a live show and have it be video is honestly shout out to moment because they're incredible. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun. I did a live show previously with Ryan and it was like absolute delightful chaos. So I Highly recommend it. Tickets on sale now at moment.co slash Girls. That's also linked in the show notes for this episode. And would really appreciate your support. We're trying, I'm really, really trying to make BravoCon happen. And this is um the way to potentially do so and also have a live show because my God, it feels like it has been 17 years since Beverly Hills um has been upon us and Rinna is no longer. May her memory be a blessing or not. Um, I'm really, really, really excited to deep dive with some special guests too. So stay tuned for more on that. And again, Thursday, 20 April, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Did I just say April? Thursday, (laughs) October 26th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And again, um, you can watch the show up to a week following um, and tickets on sale now. So thanks to all of you, c'est bon, c'est bon, for um, supporting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Damien Bellino, can you tell the AGs a little bit about you might know her from any exciting episodes on the docket and where people can follow you on social? You can follow me on all of the things at Damien Bellino, and you can find my podcast, You Might Know Her From, 
uh, uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, it is a interview show uh, where me and my best friend Anne interview uh, actors that we love, mostly women actors, uh, about their careers and their lives. Currently, we are standing strong with SAG-AFTRA, so we are not releasing new actor interviews, but we are still releasing episodes where we've just book club Norma Ray, and we have some other special interviews um, in the pipeline with some non-actors talking about actors and also the strike, uh, including um, a, a like a hero of mine from my childhood in this episode uh, will be out very soon with a celebrity, former celebrity gossip columnist, Ted Casablanca, who Anne and I were obsessed with. So if you were a child of the 90s uh, or the yes. early aughts who loved E and um, all things like celeb gossip, um, check that out. What was his column for E? The I Ugly Truth. Oh, my God. I was obsessed with it. That's Same. such a huge scoop. And I can't wait to listen to it because... I mean, he was in many ways the framework for my curiosity about pop culture in addition to page six. So um, that's incredible. I cannot wait to listen to that episode. And where can people follow you on social, Damien Bellino? Uh, yeah, all the, uh, all the things at Damien Bellino. It's Damien with an A. Incredible. And you guys can follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. And please buy tickets to that live show. Um, it's going to be so much fun. Also, I will do a little Clawfus tour. And there's going to be an after show with Beverly Hills Trivia, which is going to be so much fun. We did trivia after the last live show and it was like wild. It was literally wild. And my trivia questions were like tough. I actually was kind of surprised by how tough I made them I was oh. like, I know they were like really and it was like so and so's like middle name like who's your third who's you know Kyle's third cousin's middle names and what's you know her niece's social security number it was like a whole lot of stuff so um, I'm very excited for that and Damien it's been too long you need to come to the claw office we need to do a proper sit down I can't believe yes. we didn't yell at each other not once I think it's because you took pity on the fact that I am absolutely <laughs> still sick and I, I know it is shocking that. that we got a no argument today we usually have a safe word and that safe word is like stop yelling <laughs> but beverly hills is coming back and once you see yeah. the trailer you'll see that your fave is up to her usual antics so you know i'll be mad at her so and kim and, and kim and kathy you know we'll fight about the richard sisters i cannot wait to scream at you and want to strangle you and then um snuggle and make sweet friendship love it's going to be incredible as we try to um withstand each other and survive another season of conflicting opinions and all things Richard sisters and obviously team Kyle you are team and of anyone but team Kim you I mean you are team Kim and also anyone but team Kyle and you know Kathy's just there for a good time so um, we, both, we both are team Kathy we both are team Kathy and on that note guys thanks so much for listening really appreciate your support thanks for your patience with this episode it really is one of those uh moments where I remember as an independent podcaster the fact that if I don't have a voice this, this little ship just does not continue um so I'm so thankful to all of you for listening can't wait to hear your thoughts on this conversation and we will chat with you soon bye-bye <laughs> <laughs>